0: Good morning, Parkway Church. How are you guys doing today? Good. I am so glad you're here with us, whether you're gathered at Parkway Port Lavaca, Parkway Lone Tree, Parkway Victoria, or those that are hiding from winter in South Texas at Parkway Online. We are so glad you're here. My name is Mike. I'm the senior pastor here. And it's my privilege each and every week to open the Bible with you and to continue our journey through Scripture. That's what we're doing this year as a church. We are walking through the Bible to see the big story of God unfold before our very eyes. So that we know the major players in scripture and we see the theological threads that run throughout the Bible. And if you've been along in this journey, you know where we are. We are in the New Testament now with a look at the eyewitnesses to Jesus' life. And so if you brought your Bible, open up with me to the Gospel of John. If you didn't bring your Bible, no worries, we gave you one and gave you an outline on your way in. You can also download the Parkway app and follow along in the Bible there or the outline that is provided there as well. But as we look at the Gospel of John today, the Gospel of John is going to give us a different picture of the same story of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke gave us a narrative picture of the life of Jesus. They tell us his story. Well, John's going to hit it from a different angle. It's almost like asking, like in my world, I've got two daughters and one son. And if the two daughters and one son went to the exact same event, let's say they went to a party or a dinner or a concert together, you would ask the boy, how was it? It was good. You would ask the girls, how was it? It was amazing. We, we ate this and we did this and so-and-so was here. And I mean, it was just amazing. And they could continue going and going and going and going. And you asked the boy, was it really that good? And are like, yeah, it was good. Well, that's kind of what John does here in his gospel. As Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us the story in a, like a, a narrative or a storytelling fashion, We're going to see John tell us with a philosophical perspective many times. And John's going to give us a unique perspective of Jesus because he wants you to be certain that Jesus is the one you should say yes to. He wants you to know with all of who you are that Jesus is the one you say yes to as your Savior and Jesus is the one you say yes to as the leader of your life. This is why the story of John matters and it's the story I hope to tell you. Today. So when Jesus called me, I I was with my brother. Seems like we were always together. And Jesus called us to, to follow him, and Jesus called us to do life with him, and Jesus called us. And I was an eyewitness to his healing people. This man actually loved the sick and the lame, and he would heal them. I was an eyewitness to his teaching. This man taught like no other rabbi had ever taught in the world. It's almost like he knew truly how life worked. This man, he loved the crowds. But what I'll never forget is how he loved me. You see, I'm John. Uh, If you know in the Bible, It says that Jesus loved me more than he loved the rest of the guys that walked with him. Seriously, it does. He says, it says in the Bible, I I am the one, I am the disciple who Jesus loved. He liked everybody, but he really loved me. And what's crazy about that is I didn't earn his love, and I don't deserve his love. But we had this relationship that was so special and is special to this day. Like that moment when we were eating uh, just before he was arrested and crucified, that moment we were eating, you might call it the Last Supper, I was reclining against him. I wasn't just a part of the group. I was right next to him reclining because this is the love relationship that I had for Jesus. See, I was an eyewitness, an eyewitness to God's Son living among us, an eyewitness to everything that is true and glorious in the world, an eyewitness to Jesus. See, that's the story of John, that he was an eyewitness with Jesus, and because he was an eyewitness of Jesus, He wants us all to know that we can and should say yes to Jesus. As we talk about John and the gospel, one of the things that you uncover in John chapter 20 is why John wrote what he wrote. Last week, we learned that that, uh, Luke wrote so that Theophilus would know with certainty that the things he heard about, he should believe. And now we see John writing and saying, here's why I'm writing this gospel. And it's so crucial for us to understand why he's writing the gospel because it's in that understanding that we see where our yes to Jesus is supposed to go. We see how we say yes to Jesus in very practical ways. Listen to what the Bible says as to why John wrote his gospel. John 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life, in his name. John wrote all the stories of Jesus. John wrote some some deep philosophical perspectives of Jesus so that we may believe. This is one of the consistent pushes of the gospel of John. How do you find life with God? Is it through works or is it by faith? John would say it is by faith, by believing God. How do we find life and security in our relationship with God? Is it by what we do or is it based on what we believe? John would say it's based on what we believe, that we know that we have life. This is one of those consistent themes. If you believe, you have life. If you believe, you're God's child. If you believe, you're living in the light. If you believe, it makes all the difference to you and to me. What I believe matters most, and who I believe in makes all the difference. See, as we get to know Jesus in the Gospel of John, I hope that you'll see that Jesus is the one who can give life. I hope that you'll see that Jesus is the one that continues to change our lives as we follow him as believers. See, everyone that's gathered together at Parkway Church, whether you're at Lone Tree, Port Lavaca, Online, or Parkway, Victoria, everyone gathered together today has a yes to say to Jesus. The Gospel of John, we see the story of Jesus unfold, and we all have a yes to say to Jesus. And the reason all of us have a response to make is because Jesus is God's perfect son, and you can fill in that blank. As we look at why each one of us has a response, each one of us has a call to action, each one of us has a next step with Jesus, it's because he's God's perfect son. And this is where John gets philosophical. To show that Jesus is God's perfect son, and more than that, he is God himself. John uses some language that that I want to dig into now real quick. John chapter one, verses one through five. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Pause right there. Every reference in in, in John 1, 1 through 5 to the word is pointing us to Jesus, because Jesus is the word. He is the truth of God. And hear what John is telling us, that in the beginning, Jesus was. In the beginning, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Keep reading verse two. He was with God in the beginning, Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So we pause right there. Jesus is God's perfect son, and he's God himself because he wasn't created. He was the creator. And this is so important because God's perfection is seen in his son. If Jesus was created like you and me, he wouldn't be perfect. But Jesus is God, and so he is God's perfect son because he is God. Now, some religions would fundamentally disagree with me on this. Those that practice Islam believe that Jesus was created. He is not the son of God. He is a creation of God. Those that practice Jehovah's Witness would disagree. Those that attend certain Pentecostal churches would disagree but we stand on the truth of God because this is the truth we build our lives on. Jesus is the perfect son of God. Verse five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. It's one of the themes of the gospel of John is this light and darkness. And we see it time and time again, but what John tells us here in the very beginning is that the light wins that Jesus came to a very dark world, but the darkness could not overcome him because he is God's perfect son. Listen to the way John puts it in John 1, verse 14. The word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. In the other Gospels, we hear the Christmas story told like this. There was a couple pledged to be married, and they would go to Bethlehem, and while they were there paying taxes and being counted, the baby would be born, and shepherds would come from the fields, and wise men would come a couple years later, and they would give gifts to the Savior. This is John's Christmas story. That the word that was with God from the very beginning, his son, that the word became flesh, clothed himself like you and me in flesh so that we could see the glory of God among us. And he is full of what we need, grace and truth. You realize that you need grace so that you know you're his and you're forgiven. And you need truth because you need to learn and relearn and follow him with all of your life. And so John builds this case, and it's, it's deep, and it's philosophical, but you got to get it. Because Jesus is the Son of God, because God himself came, and we call him Jesus, we should say yes to him in two ways. The first one is this. I want you to say yes to Jesus by believing that Jesus, and you can fill in this blank, that Jesus is our perfect Savior. Now, some of you have been told a lie, that Jesus never claimed to be God. Some of you may have heard that from a professor in college. You may have heard that from a a friend who doesn't believe. And so when I say Jesus is our perfect Savior, you say, no, I've heard that he didn't even claim to be God. Let me tell you, Jesus, through the gospel of John, makes it clearer than than you and I can grasp. He makes it the clearest that he is in fact God and he claimed it. And he did it seven times. There were these seven statements that Jesus made. They're called the I am statements. And as Jesus made these I am statements, he was declaring himself to be God. Remember earlier in the year when we, studied Moses being called at the burning bush. And Moses, the, the stuttering spokesperson for the people of God, said, what, who should I tell them has sent me? And, and God, through the fire, said, tell them the I am has sent you. I am has sent me. And so when Jesus says, I am, he's not simply giving us a metaphor for what it's like to have a relationship with him. He's giving us a declarative statement that he is God. Jesus said, I am the vine, which means He's the life giver, and we are the branches. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Our perfect Savior. Remember last week in Luke chapter 15, the shepherd went to the lost sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus also says, I am the gate. I am the entry point for God's family. I am the gate. I am the bread of life. Now, all you people on a keto diet, take a breath. Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He's the one who sustains us, He's the one who provides for us. This is God's perfect son among us. To prove that He's the bread of life, He fed a crowd of 5,000 people with one boy's lunch and there were leftovers. Do you think you can trust this God, this God-man to provide for you and to care for you even much more? Yes, you can, because he is the bread of life. Jesus also said, and this is one of my favorites, for people that say Jesus never claimed to be God, Jesus said it this way in John 14, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. When people say that Jesus would be more inclusive, I look at Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I hear him not being inclusive of other religions and other ologies and other isms in life, but what I hear him doing is saying, I'm inclusive to all who will come to me because I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and everyone is welcome. They will respond to me by faith. Two more. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. There was a man born blind and he was brought to Jesus and Jesus put mud in his eyes. And then when they washed his eyes, the man opened his eyes and he could see. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He opens our eyes so that we can know the truth. He directs our steps by providing light for our path. The Bible says that his word is the light for our path. He is the light of the world. And then lastly, he is the resurrection and the life. He had a friend named Lazarus who passed away. And Jesus was moving on his own timetable to get there. And Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, were very upset. As Jesus was speaking with one of them, he asked her the question: "Do you believe at the end of times that you, everybody will be raised again from the dead?" And she said, "Yes, I believe that." And then Jesus looked at her and said, "I am the resurrection and the life. Wow, I am the one who holds the keys." to life and death, and I freely give life to all who would believe. You see, this is Jesus, our perfect Savior. And as you consider saying yes to him as your Savior, listen to how John put it, John 5, because it may seem too easy just to believe and to have life, but it's not. John 5, 24 through 25. But verily, truly, I tell you, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son and those who hear will live. So what's the first yes Jesus asked you to make? He asked you to say yes to him by faith. You are my savior, Jesus. I believe the one who sent you. I am a sinner who needs a savior. I believe the one who sent you. You are the savior of the world. You died and you were raised again from the dead. I believe the one who sent you. I believe in you for eternal life. That's the first yes that God desires from all of us. Because it's that yes that guarantees that we have crossed over, that, that ensures that we've crossed over from death to life. You see, when Jesus called us, he called us to, to believe, in, in, and he called dead people to life. On December 27th, 1989, that's the day that I believed in Jesus for life. I was dead spiritually, I was told the gospel, and I believed that Jesus loved me enough to die for me, that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And I was transferred from death to life, from darkness to light. I was changed because I said yes to Jesus. Do you have that moment where you've said yes to Jesus as your savior? The day after uh, I said yes to Jesus, December 28th, 1989, I was skiing because we were on a ski trip and, I guess that's what you do when you're on a ski trip is you go skiing, right? And so people that I'd known for years, they, they looked at me and they asked each other, hey, what's wrong with Mikey? That's what they used to call me back then. Don't try it now. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with Mikey? He's different. His face has changed. He's smiling. He's happy. He, he's a different guy. And if I knew now what I know then, why is Mike a different guy? Mike is a different guy because he once was dead and is now alive in Jesus Christ. Have you said yes to Jesus to find your life? The second yes that we say to Jesus is to Jesus, our perfect Lord, and you can fill in that blank. As believers in Jesus Christ, when we understand Who Jesus is. He is God in human flesh, full of grace and truth. When we see that he has what we need, we say, Jesus, yes, you are my savior. And Jesus, yes, you are my Lord. You are my leader. Around here, we say that a disciple is someone who's believed in Jesus for eternal life and is following him with all of their lives. If you've believed in Jesus for eternal life, are you following him with all of your life? Are you growing as a disciple? Because in the word of God here, John tells us how to do it. If you're following Jesus as your perfect Lord, you're gonna love the light, not the darkness. If you're following Jesus as your Lord, you're gonna come to the light instead of hiding in the shadows. John chapter 3 talks about the person who instead of trying to hide their sin, steps into the light of Christ so that they're fully known and can be fully changed as a believer. If we are following Jesus as our perfect Lord, we obey the Son, we practice the truth. John 4 says that we worship in spirit and in truth if Jesus is our Lord. That's why it matters that we gather together and worship Jesus. That's why it matters the songs we sing, the prayers we pray, the passages we study. Because Jesus seeks people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the only reason we would worship Jesus in spirit and truth is because he's God's perfect son. He's our savior and we're learning how to follow him as the leader of our lives. We're following Jesus as Lord we're gonna honor God and do good deeds. John chapter six says, if we're following him as Lord, then we will eat his flesh and drink of his blood. First time Jesus said that, he uh, let's just say he cleared the room. He went from having hundreds of followers to much fewer followers because this was a hard truth. How can you eat a man's flesh or drink a man's blood? How can you? We're not Cannibals. Well, as we look back with the certainty of Scripture, what we see is Jesus pointing to the day when on that last supper, he would give his disciples bread as a representation of his body, and he would give them wine as a representation of his blood, and he would instruct them to take this in remembrance of him. You and I look and know that if we are walking with the Lord We are doing it with the firm foundation that he died for us and is coming again. Then the last three. If we're walking with Jesus as Lord, we're gonna love God, not just like him, love him. We're gonna love God, not just show up to celebrate him. We're gonna love God. I hope you see that God showed His love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and we love him not just because He's our savior, we love him because He's the Lord and leader of our lives. I mean, think about your husband right now. Do you love him just because he's good-looking? Or do you love him because of who he is? Well, some of you are like, well, I only have got one choice on that. <laughs> but let's just imagine. I only got one choice. It's like, do you love God just because he's your savior? Or do you love God because he's the leader of your life? You love God because of both. That's why you love him. You love God, you follow Jesus. And then John 14, 15 says, you keep Jesus's commands. When you realize that God's son was born and sent to us full of grace and truth, Jesus' words to us as believers aren't suggestions. Jesus' words to us as believers are the clear commands we should live by. Do you see it? Because Jesus is God, because we have seen his perfection and he loves us, we say yes to him as the Lord of our life. Believer, when's the last time you prayed to Jesus, lead me? When's the last time you prayed to Jesus Help me to follow you. When's the last time you prayed to Jesus, believer, and said, God, forgive me of my sin. Help me to, to bring this part of my life into the light. Because when we say yes to Jesus as our, our Savior and you are Lord, it changes how we live. It changes how we respond to him and to other people. And we want to share with you a very quick eyewitness story of a young woman who is, in my opinion, following Jesus with all of her life. And there's going to be a moment in this story where you're going to go, wow. And if you want to say it out loud, you can say it out loud. Every time I've seen it, every time, I say, wow. So here's the story. Y'all check out Tavi's story.
1: All right, so Tavi. One of our, for those that have met you before, one of our ninth graders here at Parkway Church, you have a a unique story and really kind of a passion um, for helping those uh, around you. Tell us all about it because it's your story. Yeah, so my brother Payne, he was diagnosed with autism several years ago And when I was in sixth grade, I started doing TPSP projects. And this is done through the um, district of Right, right. And so for my sixth grade TPSP project all the way through my eighth grade year, I was focusing on spreading autism awareness. And actually, for my eighth grade project, I hosted a walk and I sold autism awareness t-shirts that said, see the able, not the label, to just help spread autism awareness within the community of Victoria. Um, My inspiration for doing this was my brother, Payne. He was really what inspired me to spread the awareness and just help more kids like him help spread that awareness. Mm. And the t shirt, it said, what did it say again? see the able not the label so what explain what was your motivation behind that because you bring that up a lot and it seems like it's at the heart of it and so what do you mean by that yeah what i meant by that was we need to focus more on what kids with autism and disabilities what they can do instead of what they can't people tend to focus on you know the disability part of what they you know they right. can't do this they can't they're non-verbal they are nonverbal, they can not speak they can't move they're in a wheelchair but we don't really see the true intelligence that they have and the compassion that they feel and their emotions. Because sometimes it's just left out, you don't see it on the outside. I'd say the verse that has always driven me the most um, is Jeremiah 29:11, And okay. it tells us that God, he has a plan for our life. And today actually I was teaching my first graders about how no matter what you do, no matter what mistakes you make, God always, he's gonna have a plan and nothing you do can ruin that plan for you. And just going through the walk, through the process of planning, you know, I was thinking about what if I forget to do something and it just ruins the entire thing? What if mm-hmm. I forget to contact somebody or I, you know, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough sponsors, you know, a lot of ifs, you know. Right. Um, but my prayer life, it I prayed to God so many times just to help get me through that, the physical and mental. Right. You know, the tiredness, you know, how much sleep am I, am I getting? You know, I'm mentally, being mentally drained throughout all of it. But he just, he kept me going. And as I prayed, he answered. It was really amazing because he answered so many of my prayers. And I saw it. I saw the yeses and the noes. And, you know, God, where are you leading me? And it's it was amazing just seeing right. all of that. So what was during this time, some of the things like it impacted your prayer life? And you had some very specific, hey, God, I need this. What were some of the specific yeses that you saw kind of answered through this that made this actually work? Yeah, I think the most amazing thing was that my sixth, seventh, and eighth grade year, I focused on awareness. Right. But the second semester of my eighth grade year, I, it was kind of branched off of TPSP, so it wasn't within the project time, so I did all the work at home. Um, I think it was really amazing to just see how it expanded like that. Like I was able to branch out from those three years and take all of that and turn it into something new. And now looking back, I can just, I'm able to see now that that was totally all God. Right. My mom, you know, she helped me kind of plan that out, you know, you know, right. what if you did it about autism to spread awareness? Yeah, that's cool, you know, that's something good I can do for my brother to help impact his life. Right. But now just taking a step back and looking at everything, I can totally see that was God driven. And that was definitely something mm-hmm as I prayed about what am I going to do with my life? What, you know, am I going to go into teaching? Am I going to go into education? Am I going to be a doctor, a nurse, going into construction? Right. So many different things you can do with your life. And I'm still praying about that today, but TPSP was definitely something I could turn into something more with right. the help of God.
0: So, did you catch the wow moment? In sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade, I was working on awareness. When I was 11, 12, and 13, I was working on awareness. I think someday we're all going to work for Tavi, or we might vote for Tavi. I don't know, but I know that we can all say yes to Jesus, like Tavi's learning to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples, one of the most valuable lessons just before he was arrested, just he, he, he got on his knees in front of each one of them and he washed their feet. Because if we are going to be people that follow Jesus, he wanted to make sure we followed him in the right way. And he washed each of his disciples' feet. That was the job of a servant, not the job of the Lord. And he told his disciples that he did this for them so that they would do the same for others. And he said, if you do this for others, you will be blessed. No servant is greater than your master." So go out and serve people and be blessed, Jesus said. Friends, as you think about your ability to say yes to Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, I just want you to know that he is the one who calls you by name. He is the one that leads you to follow him. He is the one who says You're able because of what he's done. And so today, as you say yes to Jesus, can you forget the label and see the able? You are able to say yes to Jesus today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open your word and to be encouraged by the gospel of John. Help us to believe and to find life Help us to believe and follow you with all of our lives. Those are the two yeses. Lord, help us to say yes to both. If you're here today and you're a believer in Jesus, your yes is clear. Yes, Lord, I will follow you with all of my life. I'm not gonna hide in the shadows. I'm gonna run to the light. I'm not gonna obey sometimes. I'm gonna do everything I can to obey and depend upon you, Lord by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to follow you. As the church prays, if you're here today and you're not a believer yet, John has made it clear. We are all sinners who need a savior and the one step it takes to cross over from death to life, the one step it takes to cross over from darkness to light is that you would believe and find life in Jesus. Today's your day. Let's mark it with a prayer. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior and that you are the Savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life.